When they've been through combat, they probably aren't going to get stressed out in a board meeting or a typical business situation. I'm Scott McGrew. Welcome to Sand Hill Road. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. If you bet on the Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl last Sunday, you made money. But so, too, did the bookie you made the bet with. That's because he took a little off the top. Gamblers call it the vidge or the juice. It is absolutely the juice. And it started, I think it started back with the, um, the Dutch East India Trading Company where the sea captain said, hey, we're going to take 20% off the top of whatever we're shipping. That's Gary Griffith, and let me be clear, he's a venture capitalist, not a bookmaker or a sea captain. But I bring up the Vidge because it helps us understand something called carried interest. Gary's firm, Wisdom, does not charge its investors, the people who give the firm money, carried interest. You don't charge your limited partner management fees or carried interest. Start with what is, a management fees I get, what is carried interest? Carried interest is simply saying that some portion of the profits on an investment will be held by the venture capitalist, which and is typically 10, uh, 20%. So that if, um, if I make $1,000 on an investment in the fund, I will get 800 of it and the venture capitalist will keep 200 of it. So if management fees is the, I'm going to charge you for the staples and the, and the binders and the file cabinets and all of that sort of stuff, the carried interest is, hey, I'm going to take a cut off the top. I'm taking a cut off the top. That's exactly, that's exactly what it is. So why, why did you arrive at the decision not to charge your investors a carried interest? Um, we're looking for extraordinary partners. We're not looking for passive investors per se who are happy to tuck their money away and take their uh, profit, even if it is to minimize the bit. Uh, we're looking for a special kind of a venture partner, a uh, limited partner who can contribute to the funds. If I'm using the talents of our investors, it's kind of, feels kind of oily for me to say, oh, by the way, here's, here's, give me my 20% of the money we just made on this. 
Right, I can see that. I'm going to bring you in as the expert. You can tell me which med tech we should invest in, and then I'm going to take some money out of it, even though you had your expertise. Exactly. That's exactly right. You're particularly interested in companies that are founded or led by veterans. You yourself are a Navy veteran. It's kind of a trite question. I uh, Maybe a triton question. What, what sort of value are there in military experience? That What does that bring entrepreneurs, that military experience? Well, I start, Scott, with the veterans who are also combat veterans. And I like to um, I like to tell people that when they've been through combat, they probably aren't going to get stressed out in a board meeting or a typical business situation. So they, they've been, they literally have been tested in the field and they know how to manage stress and they are able to put things in perspective. So that's, that's one point. I, I, I like people who um, realize that number one, life is short. Number two, you can only control the things that you can control. You cannot lose sleep over, um, over the so many things in our lives that we cannot really control and that they're able to um, react very quickly to changing situations because in their training and their discipline, that was all they knew. You had to be able to react quickly. I think, I think those are all char- uh, characteristics that are important when you're starting a business, especially in tough environments. Would you like to see the demos or not? Yeah. Okay. So here's it's the- interesting you bring up adaptability because I think the, the stereotype of the Silicon Valley uh, entrepreneur thinks Steve Jobs with his, you know, his, his bare feet up on the table is wild creativity, think different. And the stereotype of someone in the military is discipline, follow the rules, follow orders, sort of left brain, right brain. But in fact, when you are in the military, you are encouraged to think different in the sense that you must be able to adapt to changing situations. I, I, I don't want to be dramatic or overly dramatic, but I think most most um, combat veterans would tell you that their life pretty much depends on it. And yet very few decisions that we make in business are going to cost lives. So yeah, it, 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 is, it is true. The, uh, the, the extreme creativity that it takes in, um, in surviving in a lot of those situations is, is actually uh, very similar to the kind of characteristics that we admire in Silicon Valley entrepreneurs, which is, which is why I, I always found a, a little bit of a, a paradox that I, I don't want to say there was a bias, a bias against military veterans in Silicon Valley, but it was never, it was certainly never a focus to say, hey, these, these are exactly the kind of um, personalities that a Steve Jobs actually had. Right. I think there was that push, you know, sometimes, you know, hey, let's hire military veterans because it's it, it, it almost sounded like they were being charitable as opposed to um, these guys and, and women have run, you know, cor- organizations in which it really was life and death and that where there were millions of moving parts in the sense of, of, of troops on the ground or ships at sea. And, and that's a really good point, um, that you don't have to be in combat to still have great experience and great management skills and the ability to, uh, to move a lot of big pieces around the board in, in both people and, and machinery and logistics. 
logistics in particular, which is outside of med tech, I think is one of the big growth areas as we watch the Amazons and the, you know, even the door dashes that logistics becomes just this hugely important, the skill set involved in logistics, which the military would contribute to, is is a hugely important skill set in Silicon Valley. It's, it's massively important. And in fact, it, it's, it's hard to imagine um, really very many businesses at all that don't require logistics in some fashion, that the, the logistics may not be as straightforward as we think of Amazon moving a product from point A to point B, but every business, whether we call it logistics or whether we call it process, um, they all are involved in logistics in a way. It's always having to move something from one part to another, even if that something is digital and not really, uh, not really physically defined. We're watching logistics in action or in inaction right now because there are vaccines out there and we're not getting them to the people that need to get them. We, and I, See, isn't that such a fascinating example? Uh, and, 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 and you're so right. I mean, here we are after waiting, waiting, waiting all these months to get the vaccine, which we have, and now it's not being delivered strictly because of logistics. And, and, not, and that's certainly not a simple task, but it's certainly demonstrates the urgency of really understanding logistics and being able to, um, you know, to deliver the goods, which, which going back to the military again, the, you know, unlike, unlike the movies where, where Schwarzenegger never runs out of ammunition, <laughs> uh, you know, that's, that's a big problem. How do you, how do you deliver the ammunition? And more importantly, even how do you deliver food to, um, to take care of thousands and thousands and thousands of troops who are typically in places where they, um, they don't want to be or they don't otherwise need to be. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. You were at the U.S. Naval Academy. What what main thing did you pull away from that that helps you in your job now? Yeah, paradoxically, it was probably uh, being able to both understand the rules and then figure out which ones you were going to follow. 
and I and I don't say that uh, cynically. I, I I think when you're in a situation where that is very regulated, you can kind of go one of two ways. You can you can make a um, a lifetime of following all the rules, or you can take some risk and figure out what's really important and what isn't, and choose the ones that seem to make the most sense, and that whether or not, if you do get caught, you're probably gonna suffer the, the, the less consequences. But at the same time, the, the, the interesting thing about the military is that uh, because it is very highly regulated and restricted, you, you kinda can make choices to say, look, I know what I'm doing is wrong, and I know if I get caught, I'm gonna be in trouble, but I'm fully, um, I fully realize that I need to accept the punishment for my malfeasance. And that is actually a very important lesson. It's, it's okay to take risk, but don't, don't cry when, um, when you get caught. This, this leads me into your distaste for hoodies. <laughs> I actually have a lot of hoodies. I, <laughs> I, but I don't dislike you are them at all. for your opinion about hoodies at, at, the, at the pitch meeting or the board meeting. I, you know, I think, and, and I'm call me old-fashioned, Scott. I I think that we've lost um, we've lost something in discipline. This isn't really a military thing. I, I think there's a certain amount of respect for another person that is reflected in the way they dress. Um, I don't think it's all that cool. If and I'm not picking on Mark Zuckerberg, but if Mark Zuckerberg were to show up at the White House or Congress or um, even at a board meeting wearing a t-shirt and jeans. I, I just don't think it's respectful. I know you can, I know there's no rules against it, but I think I think it's a it's a message to the person that says, hey, I, I respect you. I may not I may not do everything that you do, I may not agree with it, everything you do, but I certainly have enough respect to be able to dress in a way that I think you would find acceptable. And to be to give him credit, he does wear a jacket and tie when he's in Congress. And I remember actually he, he Obama came he, to Facebook, yeah, and 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 sort of teased Mark. Uh, my name is Barack Obama, and I'm the guy who got Mark to wear a jacket and tie. <laughs> I'm very proud of that. Second time. I know. You know, Mark had the president of the United States at the time showing up at Facebook, and so he put on a jacket and tie. And Obama's like, "No, wait, what? Yeah." And I give him credit for that because that because they, even even at least Zuckerberg understands that that simple lesson. And and so I, I think we tend to get there's a um, you know there there there's something about we call it play for a reason. There's a difference between work and play, and. This this was probably more true before everybody started working from home. But I but I remember the uh, the remote workers, the ones who were very successful had a very well defined disciplined routine in their working from home. Yeah, they would get up in the morning. They would dress like they were dressing for the office. They would leave the kitchen or the bedroom, and they would go into their workroom. They would shut the door, and they would go into work mode. But 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 what it always struck me, it wasn't it wasn't just getting up and moving to another room. They would go through the routine of dressing, uh, however that dress was, whether it was khakis and a blue shirt or whether it was a suit and tie. They would do that because that put them in the mindset of working. And 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 I think when you're going to a business meeting, 
you should dress appropriately for the climate. And when I say appropriately, the way I would dress to go to a meeting in Silicon Valley is different sure. than the way I would dress to go to a meeting in New York, which is different than the way I would dress to go to a meeting in Paris. But they are all appropriate for the situation. You know, weirdly, as you were talking about, you know, a certain amount of discipline, uh, a flashback to an old movie with Alec Guinness and the bridge on the River Kwai. He wants to have military discipline and everyone else. They're, they're prisoners of war, right? The, what difference could it possibly make? Right. But he still wants everyone to line up. I must call your attention, Colonel Saito, to Article 27 of the Geneva Convention. He kept the dignity. He kept the discipline. He kept that. That was, that, by the way, that, that's just one of the most. Uh, do you, by the way, do you know that we used to watch that movie not in the Navy, but in IBM? We watched the Bridge on the River, River Kwai in IBM as part of our management training. And that was for exactly for that point, Scott. So it's really interesting that you, that you mentioned that. Yeah, it's been many, many years since I've, I've seen it. It just popped into my head all of a sudden, the whistle and everything. So, yeah. So let's talk about the investments you have uh, from breast cancer treatments to craft beer. That's a wide range there. There, there is. And, and, and some, um, some would probably criticize that were it not for the fact that we have, um, we have a pretty broad set of investors with a broad set of interests. Now, I would say that craft beer... It's a bit of an anomaly for us. Um, that said, Talea Beer, a New York City startup brewery, is founded by uh, Leanne Darland, who is an Annapolis graduate, uh, naval op, former naval officer. Uh, her um, co-founder, Tara Hankinson, uh, is not military, but she is out of the brewing in industry. Uh, they are both extremely bright, extremely aggressive, and we don't see Talea as much as just another brewery, but a whole different category of beverage and a whole different category of entertainment. Uh, they are building not a, not only great beer, and it is great beer, it really is great, unique beer, but it is a culture that they're building around a new beverage or a beer that is tuned towards a different audience, primarily being a women drinking audience. And when I say women drinking, that does not mean that it is by any means a skinny beer or a wimpy beer. It is a, as a matter of fact, most of them are IPAs. Uh, but the way they are branding and the way they are setting up tap rooms, it's a different experience. And that's what, that's what excites us about Talea. And then you mentioned breast cancer. We're, we're just, we're just. This is another great example of uh, an investment that we can make because of our uh, our network and our contacts. Um, Dr. Sandra Dunn, who is the founder and the CEO, is is a lifetime uh, medical researcher. Uh, she had a family situation with triple negative breast cancer, which today is a is a death sentence, and she literally dedicated her career to finding a cure for triple negative breast cancer. Um, she is in uh, clinical trials right now. She, they've successfully passed their phase 1A clinical trials. They're in phase 1B. Uh, once you're at this stage of clinical trials, you become, it becomes part where people start paying. Notice when I say people, it's the big drug companies 
start looking to say, hey, is this a company that uh, really has promise? And it's the, it's the time when companies actually start thinking about things like IPOs and getting acquired. So we're, we're very excited about, about uh, molecular, uh, Phoenix Molecular Design and Dr. Sandy Dunn. But I think what she is doing and her passion for allowing women with, um, with this condition to live longer and perhaps even recover is, um, is, is really a, a fulfilling experience. Finally, you wrote a lot about the election in 2016. Before Donald Trump took the presidency, you said it would be the most significant election in a long time. Now, we could we could go on for hours. Let's not. But let me limit your answer to say that most CEOs would not have publicly said anything ahead of the 2016 election when it was clear who won, what the ramifications would be. Why did you choose to do so? I think it's I think it's always important to explore um, the, the 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 factors. You know, we, we all deal in business within um, under the umbrella of government, and the policies that government makes certainly affect us all in business. And so, I don't think there's I don't think there's anything overtly political in looking at uh, at a new administration, and I will do the same with, with the Biden administration in terms of, hey, what is what could this mean to us? What do we have to be looking out for? Uh, what should be, what would, should we be aware of? And how can we take advantage of a situation? Gary Griffiths, co-founder and managing partner at Wisdom LLP. Sandhill Road is produced by Sean Myers under the leadership of Sarah Bueno and Stephanie Adruni. For more interviews with Silicon Valley's most influential entrepreneurs, check me out on TV at Press Here. That's Sunday mornings on NBC Bay Area and everywhere in the world on iTunes and at PressHereTV.com.